I'm going to be a little bit limited in my preaching this morning due to that congestion, head cold. I've been to the doctor. I'm not catchy, so you don't have to worry about that. But it's just a lack of air flow, and you know how that is for a preacher. That's not a good thing. You get a little dizzy sometimes with a lack of air, maybe even pass out. And somebody said, well, don't worry about it. Mike Burton's on the front row. He'll give you mouth to mouth. I said, nope, just let me die. <laughs> If I thought my wife was going to do it, I'd fake it and pass out, but I'm afraid she'd let me die, so hallelujah. Good morning. We're so glad to have you here. You know, here we are finding ourselves on the eve of Christmas Eve morning, 2023, and my mind went everywhere as I considered what kind of devotional message to give it to you this morning on this Christmas Eve service, on this Christmas Eve event, and thought after thought ran through my mind from one extreme to another as I reflected back over the past 37 years of preaching to you all of the different Christmas messages that I preached to you. During those years, we've uncovered, unwrapped, dealt with many of the topics of Christmas from wise men to angels to the shepherds to the fear knots to the manger to Mary and Joseph to church traditions and Herod, and the list just goes on and on and on and on and on. And we all know the main event of Christmas is the birth of Christ, our Savior, our Messiah, and our Lord and our King. And matter of fact, no greater message could have ever been delivered to us than the message that Jesus Christ Christ is born. Matter of fact, I loved it when the children's church sung that old song, the, uh, the go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it over the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Can you say amen to that? That's the main message of Christmas. However, the Holy Spirit just put a seed of thought into my heart concerning this service. I will try not to keep you long because I am considered at the time doing it be Christmas Eve. But I want to tell you, the Holy Spirit does want to speak to us and minister to us here this morning. A matter of fact, as I was praying, I said, Lord, I don't want to belong to people. I know it's a holiday. I know it's time for family. But Lord, I don't want to cheapen the service just to come in and say, well, let's just get this out of the way. I don't want to just come in and come have church as usual. I want the Lord to have his way in this building this morning. I want Lord to speak to us. I said, Lord, I don't have to be long, but would you just give me a rhema word? Would you just give me a, a topic? I've preached 37 years every Christmas, and sometimes I preach four and five different messages every December. I'd get, I'd do a little, uh, I'd do a little se a series on Christmas, and I said, God, there's only so much to say. Would you give me something fresh? And the Holy Spirit did. Christmas Eve is a special day. It's a day that we anticipate action. Christmas morning. You know, we as we look as we look forward to waking up, we 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 look we look forward to waking up to the smell of fresh break bread and the aroma of new brewed coffee. Mothers are up early preparing, anticipating, and waiting for their families to arrive. Young families are getting their children together most of the time and cleaning them up, getting them ready to go to grandma and grandpa's house. Kids are eager to unwrap presents and play with their toys. Fathers are eager to to cut the turkey and soak up their bread and homemade dumpling juice and eat the overwhelming once a year desserts and man I'm getting excited already. That right there turns me on more than anything. Can I say an amen? And the family anticipates enjoying their own family traditions. Some of them are going to sing the songs of the season around the Christmas tree while others will be watching their favorite Christmas movies and putting on, putting uh, their gifts together and uh, trying their new gifts out or maybe trying their new gifts on. Maybe it's clothing that they got. They enjoy drinking their favorite holiday chair. There's some that'll make hot cocoa, some eggnog, and there'll be others who make special coffees and different blends. And they enjoy getting under the mistletoe and grabbing a kiss from the people that they love. They enjoy sampling all the different holiday foods 
that's my favorite, getting ready to answer the, to the cook, is it good? And you better say yes. And they enjoy sitting by the lit tree or in front of the fireplace, listening to all of the stories and the rumbling of the family being together. They love listening to the laughter and seeing the togetherness and the joyful spirit that Christmas actually brings. They love reading the Christmas cards and calling friends and comparing their gifts with one another. However, Christmas Eve is a time of preparation. It's a time of anticipation, and it's a time of celebration of that which is to come on Christmas morning. When I thought of Christmas Eve, I thought to myself, what is an Eve? As a matter of fact, I was praying. I said, Lord, what is it you want me to preach? And he just spoke the word Eve, E-V-E. That got me curious, and I thought, well, what is an Eve? An Eve is the evening before something. It is the moment of time that preludes a coming event or a happening. You might say an Eve is a forerunner of an anticipated thing that is to come to pass. An Eve is like the breaking of a dawn or the striking of daybreak. It's the springboard of a new beginning. It's the setting of a new horizon. It's a moment of time that is ushering in something of great significance or something that is great value or important. There's a lot of Eves in the world. There's Christmas Eve. There's New Year's Eve. But also, there are other Eves that exist. There are those Eves that come into play the night before an expected event in your life. For example, there's the Eve before leaving on a much-weighted vacation. There's the Eve before your birthday. There's the Eve before your graduation. There's an Eve before your wedding day. An Eve signifies something important or exciting is on the way. Uh, Eve signifies that something awaited for or longed for is about to come to pass. Do you remember the night before your 16th birthday? I do. The anticipation of driving, the anticipation of being able to go out on a date, and uh, at least if you couldn't date, at least you could chase the girls. Most of us guys, you know, we wanted to date, but we could never catch them. If we ever did catch one, we wouldn't know what to do with them. We'd say, Mama, help me. I found a girl. What do I do now? Do you remember the night before your first date? That was one of the most, probably the most sleepless nights of your life. Do you remember the E before your first job? Do you remember the E before the birth of your child? Do you remember the E before you're moving to a new location? Do you remember the eve of your first day at school? All those things, the night before you actually had to do it, there was an eve. A eve can be one of the most exciting times of your life. A eve only comes by the anticipation or belief that something is about to happen or come to pass in your near future or it's nothing else but another day. I refuse to live just to, in another day. I believe that something's on the horizon. I believe that something's about to happen. I believe that there's a shakening. I believe that there is an awareness of an anticipated event, of a coming of the Holy Spirit that's going to bring a, a great significant outpouring upon this church. I believe it with all of my heart. If there's nothing believed in or nothing to look forward to, then your today is nothing but a spending another day without any expected future. When you go back and you read all the Christmas story, there was no greater Eve than that first Christmas Eve morning. The whole heavens were shouting, the angels were declaring the birth of the Son of the risen God. As the shepherds were keeping their flock by night, the Bible tells us in Luke 2, 9 through 14, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were so 
afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be unto all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign to you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Upon this declaration, the shepherd said, Let us be going even unto Bethlehem and see the things that is to come to pass. It had not come to pass yet, but upon the declaration of those angels, immediately the Bible says that these shepherds felt inspired to go search out this child that would be born in Bethlehem. It says that the shepherds went in haste and they traveled to Bethlehem and they found Mary and Joseph and they seen the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. It was their expectation and their anticipation that drove them to the distance to see the miracle of the birth of this Christ child. If they had not anticipated, if they had not believed, they would have missed out on the greatest event that happened or would ever happen in the whole world. They would have missed the very visitation of the very Son of God. How many of us, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, he said, how many of us have missed the very manifestations of the presence and the Spirit of God? How many of us has missed those days of appointment when God had set you up ready to bless you, but we missed that day because we had no anticipation. We had no expectation. We had no faith. We were not having an eve. We were just living out our normal day as normal. And because we believed in normalcy, that's all that we ever got. But God is telling me to tell this congregation, he's telling me to tell this congregation this morning, quit living your day as a normal day. This is not a normal day. It's an eve day. Get ready. Get ready. Something's on the horizon. Oh, you can beat that. Come on. How many of us have never paid attention or heard the word spoken to us by a preacher or a messenger the way the angel of the messenger spoke to Mary in his, in his salutation? The word angel just means messenger, and this messenger spoke to Mary in a very unique way. How many of us, we come every Sunday morning, we hear the preacher, but do we really hear him? Come on. It's not about Kent Miller preaching to you. It's about the word that I am preaching. The word, the written word of God is the most powerful thing on the face of this earth. It's the most, it's a living organism. It's alive and it confirms to us the very wills and the very purpose of God in our lives. But do we hear the word of the Lord? Matter of fact, do you remember when the angel spoke to Mary in Luke 1, verse 28 through 33? Hail Mary, thou highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And the angel continued and said, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. God, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, say great. He shall be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. At first it was just another day for Mary, but the visitation of the angel messed all of that up. You know what I'm asking God to do? Mess my day up. Oh, hallelujah. 
all of a sudden out of nowhere a visitation came and it was there that something happened inside of Mary. Mary at his salutation was skeptic at first. You might say she did not believe in his, uh, his decree. Mary said, how can this be seeing that I know not a man? In other words, Mary was saying, I've never been with a man. How, how can I become pregnant? How can I have a child? Mary was realistic as she faced reality. There wasn't this thing that was spoken to her was an impossibility. But then the angel said to her upon her as making those statements in Luke 135, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee and the power of the high shall overshadow thee and that holy thing which shall be born in thee shall be called the Son of God. Oh, hallelujah. He said, Mary, this thing's going to be of the Holy Ghost. It's not going to be by a man. It's not going to be by a human being. It's going to be by the Holy Spirit himself. And not only did the angel announce it, but he also gave her a confirmation of it. He said in verse 36, and behold thy cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. Not only was God birthing a miracle in Mary, but he was also confirming that miracle with a miracle. A barren old lady was going to have a baby, and it was going to be her own cousin. And she was already six months pregnant. Hallelujah. I hear the Holy Spirit saying to me, I do, but this is a word in season, so get a hold of it. It's your salutation. Hear the word of the Lord spoken to you today. I hear the Holy Spirit saying to me, look around, start observing, because the heavens are screaming. Your miracle's on your way. Look for a miracle of confirmation. There's pregnant people all over this church, pregnated with promise. Can I have an amen? Hallelujah. If I had enough air, I'd take off running right now. Hallelujah. The word spoken created faith in Mary to believe, which created an Eve. Romans 10, 17 says, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. The more you hear the word of God proclaimed, preached, taught, spoke, and the more faith it builds in your life. The more you read it, the more you study it, the more you digest it, the more faith you uh, get. The world, there, there would have been no Eve without Mary's believing the spoken or revealed word. You gotta believe what I'm preaching to you here this morning. Come on, somebody. When there's no anticipation and where there's no expectation, then the day lived is just another day. But when anticipation is created by revelation, the spoken word, then it causes one to have expectation and it creates an Eve. It gives something for you to look forward to. It gives something in you to hope for and it creates something in you to believe in. Can I have an amen? Before this service, some of you just came to, oh, it's just gonna be another service, but you're gonna walk out of here conceived with a word of the Lord and something's about to change in your life and it's not going to be given to you by a man. It's going to be the move and the breath of the Holy Spirit as he breathes upon you here this morning and give you an expected end and hope. <laughs> now I want you to think about this. Before God could birth a son or a baby from Mary, he had to first birth it in Mary. The Eve had to be created, which was the belief that something's about to happen or to be birthed. It gave Mary an expected end. It gave her a hopeful future. It gave her a seed of promise. It sparked hope and it created an overwhelming expectation in Mary that caused her to anticipate a coming change in her life. The Holy Spirit wants me to ask you a few questions here today. First of all, what are you anticipating in your life? 
Number two, what are you looking forward to? What are you expecting in your future? What are you expecting to change? What are you, what are you expecting to be different? Most of the time we sit there and we can't even give an answer to that. And if you don't expect anything, then you probably you're not going to receive anything. Come on, somebody. This will just be another day. It'll just be another church sermon. It'll be just another sermon. Oh, but those of you that'll hear the word of the Lord and say, God's up to something. God's got a plan. God's got a desire. How many knows that God's got a desire? He wants to bless you. Can I have an amen? Mary questioned at first the angel's salutation, but she ended up believing the words of the angel that said in Luke 1, 37, Mary, for with God, nothing is impossible. Can I have an amen? Now we know she believed because look at her final response in verse 138. She started out, how can this be? I don't know a man. I don't understand. But then she comes down in verse 38 and Mary said, behold the handmaiden of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. Hallelujah. I've heard the word and now I believe and let it be according to me according to thy word. Now you've hearing the word of God today. God, I'm here to tell you he's about to speak to some people. He's going to begin to give you an eve in your life. He's going to show you that he's wanting to do something on your tomorrows. He's going to show you that your tomorrow is going to be a different day than your today. He's going to let you know that you're not counted out. He wants you to know you're not rejected. You're not passed by. You're not shunned. You're not pushed back. God's got a desire to bless you. If you believe that, stand up and give him praise. Oh, hear the word of the Lord. Hear the spoken word and say this. Be it unto thy handmaiden. Be it unto me according to your word. Hallelujah. If you do not have anything to believe in today, then you're sure not going to have anything to receive for tomorrow. Did you hear that? If you don't have anything to believe in today, then you're not going to receive anything for tomorrow. Today's belief determines tomorrow's outcome. Tomorrow, I'm going to eat a dinner. I just lied. Tomorrow, I'm going to eat five dinners. Hallelujah. God's going to do exceedingly abundantly above anything I'm even able to ask or think by the power of God that worketh mightily in us. If you do not have anything to believe in today, then you're sure not going to have anything to receive tomorrow. Today's belief determines tomorrow's outcome. God does nothing outside of the realm of faith. That's what Hebrews 11 and 6 says, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. How many believe that God's a rewarder? Do you hear that? You seek him, he'll reward you. That which is not a faith is sin. Before God can ever do anything for you, he has to get it in you first. Can I have an amen? He cannot burst something from you that he's never that you've had that you've never had put in you. Mary believed, and when she believed, she conceived, and then she was able to receive by birthing her promise. Mary's Eve was created at the moment of her conception, and even though she conceived, yet her promise was not yet manifested or revealed until it was birthed. In other words, a lot of times we get these overwhelming presence of God in our lives. And all of a sudden, the next morning, nothing's changed. Then we wonder, well, what was that all about? 
and you are so discouraged. Your, your miracles happen in you before they come out from you. Listen to me. Miracles are manifested in a different season than the conception. What you feel is the conception taking place. Now believe in what he's put in you, and if you'll keep believing, it'll come out of you in due season and at the right time. You have to believe in something before you receive it. Hebrews 11 and 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Even though I don't see it as of yet, I tell you it's coming. I tell you the things I hope for, the things I long for, the things I pray for, they're coming. Can I have an amen? You will never receive something that you do not believe exists. You won't even look for it. You won't even seek for it. You'll put no effort to try to find it if you don't believe it exists. The ability of receiving is all tied to your ability to believe in it. You will not have any uh, Eve if you do not anticipate or accept, accept something for tomorrow. A day will always be just a, an, another ordinary, normal day without an anticipation of something or something different happening in your life. Some of you are in the mully grubs. Every day is the same old day. You wake up, oh, it's just another day. Going through the same routines of life with the same anxieties, the same fears, same disappointments, same frustrations. Oh, but I'm here to tell you God wants to break that in your life. I'm not saying that your day will change in the sense of what's happening with a worldview, but I'm saying what will change is what you have inside of you. An anticipation will start happening. Something will start taking place. I don't know about you. Maybe some's further along than others. There's some of you sitting out there. You're just now getting a ray of hope while I'm preaching here today. Others, you are feeling the kicks of a baby inside of you. You're about to give birth. You're nine months pregnant. Others are six months pregnant. Others are four months pregnant. I'm here to tell you, I don't know who you are or what's going on in your life, but I promise you this, that God is about to open up and pour out a blessing upon you and your tomorrow's gonna be greater than your today and your future has a ray of hope. Don't give in to the system of this world. God's going to bless his people. Hallelujah. The birth of Jesus didn't happen on a whim. It happened because Mary believed and Joseph believed. Took a while for Joseph to believe, but he believed. All I know is God spoke to me and he said, Kent, the palace of praise is on the eve of the best year of its history. Our best years are not behind us. Our best years are in front of us. And if we think our past has been good, watch out, honey. We ain't seen anything as of yet. Some, some of you have been waiting a long, long time for a moment of breakthrough expecting God to do something. Well, you have to hear the word of the Lord this morning and see the confirmation of miracles that has been happening all around you in this church. Let me just give you a few miracles that's just happened in the last week or so. Deanna Robinson rushed to the emergency room, bad shape. Matter of fact, some of the, the people that picked her up said, you know, she could die. This is serious. She's weak. Her blood pressures went out of sight. They don't know what in the world's going on. She'd been to the doctor a few days earlier and just kept going down and down and down. And it wasn't looking good for Deanna's life. And all of a sudden, they began to do x-rays and stuff, found a big mass in her stomach. They found a mass on her liver. Immediately, of course, seeing that mass and it was not looking good, they sent her to St. Louis University in St. Louis, Missouri. 
She gets up there and they begin to run all these tests. She's down. She hasn't been able to eat. And they're, she's sick. She's frail. She's weak. She can't hardly go. She can't hardly breathe. Everything in the world's going on with her. They're working on her and all this stuff. The church begin to pray. We got it out on the uh, the prayer teams. We begin to pray. And, of course, she's a woman of faith. When I went to see her, when they worshiped her, it's going to be all right, brother. She believed. With all of her heart, she believed. To make a long story short, she's home with us today. There is no cancer. There is, come, come on, somebody. Don't tell me God ain't a God of miracles. My daughter-in-law, and I butcher stories up. I don't hear them real good. I'm, I, you know, but I'll give it the best I know how. My daughter-in-law, Ashley's pregnant, as you know. Going to be delivered sometime in February. Oh, hallelujah. Right now, she's ha been having some difficulties. And there was, I want to say it was the placenta. Is I don't know if that's right or not that needed to be turned. She said, man, this is, this is serious. This needs to turn. If it wasn't the placenta, it was something in there. <laughs> and that has to turn. This is getting serious. And it wasn't turning. Finally, Ashley tells Jenny, and Jenny tells me, and I said, well, we got to get to praying. That's all I know to do. We got to praying the last time she went to the doctor. It turned. Oh, but we got another problem. You got too much fluid. Man, this is putting pressure on the baby. It's putting pressure on you. This is not good. We're going to have to monitor this every week. We've seen it, and it ain't gone down any. And said, so, man, we're going to have to really keep an eye on you, and you're going to have to come every week. And we're going to have to take, take these tests to make sure everything's going to be all right. So, again, we get the news. Well, we're going to pray about that as well. We begin to pray about it. She went back to the doctor. It's normal. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know what that's telling me? I'm getting all kinds of confirmation. I'm fixing to have a baby girl in, in, in February, and everything's going to be all right. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Wade Cavness was in our prayer, to, uh, our prayer on Monday, morning, Monday night. He had a big knot and big swell place in his neck, and it looked horrible. And he'd been on two rounds of antibiotics, and it wasn't going down. It was painful. And then, man, he couldn't hardly. Big, big, just a big, look, massive looking thing. It was in the limp notes and everywhere else. And we said, wait, have you been to the doctor? No, I've been on these antibiotics. And he, he said, you know, I'm going to have to do something. It's, it's, it's painful and blah, blah, blah. We just grabbed a hold of him. We prayed. And on his way home from prayer meeting that night, boom, that went away and it's never came back again. <laughs> Don't tell me God ain't a healer. Come on. Hallelujah. I'm just trying to encourage your faith here today. Now, you can cause your promise to lay dormant if you want to, but I choose to believe and anticipate that from this day forward that we're going to see the manifestation of the glory of God at the palace of praise. 
Folks, this year, 2024 is going to be a different year, and I'm not talking about a world viewpoint. I'm talking about a life, your life viewpoint. Because I want to tell you, the world may get worse. That don't set the perimeters of blessing for us. We live on a total different economy than that of the world. Our, our, our viewpoint is that of a heavenly one and not an earthly one. And I'm here to tell you, no matter what earth dishes out, if God gets ready to bless, he can't stop God from blessing his children. You may ask, how do you know things are going to change? Because we're on the eve of our promise. I'm not turning back. I'm not looking back. I'm not going to be negative. I'm not going to be questioning God of all the things that's going to be happening in the world views. I'm going to keep believing despite how dark it gets. When you stop believing, you stop having an eve. And without an eve, you have no change for tomorrow. The palace of praise is in the season of an eve. I'm here to tell you that this play this year was actually set up as a confirmation to this congregation. It was a visible sign to us through the word spoken and the visible signs of promise that was acted out in that play was no coincidence. If there was ever a time that Randy heard from the voice of God, it was during this play. Your miracle may come by the way of an angel, a miraculous, instantaneous miracle like that of the little girl's uh, miracle coming back from the dead. It may come by the way of God using another person, like the man that received a kidney from another person. It may be that kind of a miracle. You may get your miracle from a doctor or from an antibiotic or whatever. Or it may come by the way of opening your eyes and you're walking on the streets of gold. But the palace of praise is blessed and is going to continually be blessed. And just like Mary, God has highly favored us and ordained us to receive our miracles. I settled for nothing less than revival for 2024. I settled for nothing less. I'm leaving you with this verse, Matthew 17, 20. And Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall, not, and it shall be removed, and nothing shall be impossible to you. Can I tell you, nothing is impossible to them that believe. I'm here to tell you, don't give up. Receive your Eve. You can't muster it up. You can't conjure it up. You've got to hear the word of the Lord and believe it this morning. Gary, God wants to have change in your life. He's setting the Eve up so that you can have an anticipation for a hopeful future. God's wanting to go all around through this building and say, Mike, your tomorrow is going to be greater than your today. Your, 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 your March is going to be better than your January. Come on, somebody. Your April is going to be better than your March. And your May is going to be better than your April. Come on. I'm trying to preach somebody happy here this morning. We got to start believing and anticipating. Amen. Just like when we believe for our long-awaited vacation. You know, I never sleep the night before vacation. You know what I always tell the people? Let's just leave at midnight. I'm going to be up all night anyway. I might as well be driving. Why? Because I'm anticipating the beach, baby. Can I have an amen? We get all excited about that, but when it comes to the spiritual, we don't have any anticipation or expectation for anything. We sit and we wonder and say, why? I don't understand. What's going on? 
you need God to speak to you, you need to receive an Eve in your heart. I'm more excited now than I've been in a long time because God came down in my office studying this sermon and he just spoke to me, preach on Eve. And if God told me to preach on Eve, then he's about to bring an Eve in this church. And we're going to start walking here with anticipation, expectation, and we're going to create a realm of miracles, a realm of expectation is the breeding grounds for a miracle. And you know what's going to happen? God's going to start confirming his word with signs and wonders and divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. You know what's going to happen? You're going to hear people speak with other tongues, lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. You're going to see blinded eyes open, and the lame start walking, and the dumb start talking, and the... And, and I, I'm here to tell you, God's about to do some miracles at the palace of praise. I got to have somebody to start anticipating with me. I need somebody to believe with me. Oh, breathe on us, Holy Ghost. But don't get confused. Just God, because God comes down and you have a great moment of time with God and a great blessings poured out upon you and you receive all this energy and this burst of excitement and you wake up the next day and nothing's really changed, don't lose your anticipation. That's nothing more than the first visitation of the angel giving a confirmation that God's about to birth something in your life because your birthing comes at a different season than your conception. Believe. And when you believe, you'll be persistent. You'll hang in there. You'll fight. It ain't always easy. I remember when my wife was pregnant. She'd look at me, I don't like you. We'd be in the delivery room. She'd say, oh, rub me. Oh, don't touch me. Get out of here. Don't go nowhere. The nurses would come, that worse don't like me. She's in such pain and anguish. But yet, you know what? She held in there. You know why? Because her baby boy's about to come forth. It was her belief that caused her to go through the anguish to receive. Hang in there. God's going to bring it to pass. And if he don't bring it to pass, you'll open your eyes on the streets of gold, and then there was his will for it to be brought to pass. Amen? Would you stand with me this morning? I just want you to start asking yourself some questions. What is it that you want to see in your near future? I got an anticipation of what's going to happen tomorrow morning because I know Christmas is here. I'll be opening gifts. I'll be eating food. I'll be singing songs. I'll watch It's a Wonderful Life. I'll watch Walton's Homecoming Christmas. I'll watch Frosty. I'll watch Rudolph. I know what I'm going to do. I'm anticipating of hanging around my daughter-in-laws and giggling with them and playing games with them. I'm looking to throw my grandsons around and wrestling with them and beating up on them, riding four-wheelers with them. And I'm looking forward to the times that Jenny has to run me out of the kitchen. I know all the excitement that's about to happen on tomorrow because I'm at Christmas Eve and tomorrow's the day. When everything's going to springboard. But in my spirit, though I ain't seen it as of yet, I'm anticipating that the 
next few months of our lives is going to be turned inside out and upside down because revival's coming to the palace of praise. Hallelujah. If you believe it, give God praise. Give God glory. Hallelujah. I just want to give you the word of God. Now, it's your, it's your responsibility to go cultivate this word. Receive the revelation from the written word. It'll give you a confirmation, and it'll give you something inside of you to hope for, to long for, and to anticipate. And let me tell you, when you believe, you shall receive, because nothing's impossible to them that believe. Merry Christmas to you all. They're going to close out with this song. May God bless you. Yeah.